Well, hi everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Catholic Connect Podcast on yet another beautiful day that the Lord has made. Quote, we must be living witnesses of the beauty and grandeur of Christianity. End quote from St. Gianna Mola. And I really love that quote because, you know, we've lost a sense of what is sacred and beautiful in this world, haven't we? I mean, look at the way architecture and buildings are constructed today. Not exactly the most inspiring, are they? And of course, we've all heard and seen of modern art where you don't know which way to hold your head when you're gazing at the painting, right? We've all been there. We've seen that. We don't know how to interpret it. Well, it was really great to catch up with Tiana Williams, who paints uh, such beautiful sacred art. And you can find her at her website, sacredartbytiana.com. And let's bring back beautiful things and paintings of saints, which Tiana really specializes in. Well, that's a great place to start. So hang one up in a prominent place in your house to remind you of your call to holiness and to magnanimity. So check out Tiana's website and enjoy this conversation with Tiana Williams. We'll see you on the other side, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. We are very blessed to be joined on this episode by a brilliant artist and a creator of sacred art. And you can check out her work at sacredartbytiana.com. And she is, uh, most importantly, of course, a, a dedicated wife, mother, and our sister in Christ. Tiana Williams, welcome to the Catholic Connect podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you, Tiana. You know, uh, it's high time I think I get more people from the prairies out uh, on this podcast. It is the Catholic Connect podcast, but uh, we don't have, uh, haven't had a lot of people from Alberta. And I believe you were born in Alberta, right, Tiana? Alberta or Saskatchewan? In Edmonton, yeah. Perfect. All right. That's great. And uh, so, yeah, you got such a, a unique gift when it comes to art. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to share your ministry with our audience. Um, so when did you discover that you had this gift uh, to draw, to paint, uh, to share these images with others? Well, I come from a very artistic family, so art has always been a part of my life. Um, my dad's a musician. Uh, my mom is a graphic designer. So from my earliest years, I was surrounded by beauty and um given that desire to serve God through beauty. So, you know, growing up, I had lots of pencil crayons and paints and craft supplies and always just kind of pursued beauty in that way. And I got a little bit into digital art in my teens, and that kind of opened up a whole new world for me, of color and light and shape. And that was fun, but I ended up pursuing graphic design like my mom. I tutored under her for uh, a few years and then started my own business at just 16 years old and did that for 10 years. And it wasn't actually until I was married in 2015 that I picked up a paintbrush again and started painting with acrylics. Um, and I fell in love with it. I, Within a month, I think I had painted my first portrait of Mary and realized, hey, this is something I can actually do. I'm you know, kind of decent at this. So I just kept painting. And over the next few years, I, I started working with oil paints. Love, love those. And yeah, it just continued to grow from there. Do you still have that first picture or that first image of, of Mary that you painted? I do. I actually offer it on my website. It's called Unexpected. I painted it the day I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, she was oh, that's awesome. a little bit of a surprise. Not that like <laughs> we were very open to life, but uh, not expecting to get pregnant right away after getting married. So I wanted a special way to tell my husband that she was on the way and 
I had like three hours before he got home from work. So I picked up a, a brush and paint and just started painting and yeah, he guessed right away what it meant. <laughs> That's so good. It, there's all these reveals you see on TV and you see these things on the internet of people doing reveals of whether they're pregnant or what they're going to have a boy or a girl. That seems like a pretty good reveal for a Catholic couple when they have their first uh, child. That's that's awesome. So good. So you said you were you had your own business before then. Was it uh, also in graphic uh, design? Is that what it was in, Tiana? Or was yeah. It so different? yeah, it was uh, graphic and web design. So I did logos, posters, all that kind of thing. Um, that's in a lot of ways where my desire to to bring beauty into the church began because I I saw a, a, quite a large lack in a lot of our design materials in the church and, I, and this was a very simple way through through design to to bring beauty into the church and um that fed very nicely into into becoming an artist um i've used many many of those skills that i learned over that decade um i, I made my own website my own logo i've designed all my own promotional materials uh, it's really neat to see how god was preparing me long before i ever thought i would be an oil painter yeah, you talk about that that inspiration, right? And and uh, we were just talking a little bit offline before we started here about how Catholic churches seem to have it's just a little bit empty. You know, you go to certain Catholic churches, uh, it's not going to the Vatican, right? Where you go to the St. Peter's Basilica, and then there's all these other churches, cathedrals all around Rome. Um, and even in our, uh, in our own country, we have some beautiful churches as well. But you know, some of our, our modern designs, we, we just, uh, we seem to have excluded some of that beauty, right? So was there a particular, maybe a church or particular images when you were, when you were younger? Or was it just simply, um, you know, just the, the instruction of your parents and the inspiration from your parents to, I guess, to aspire to, to beauty and, and to see, um, uh, you know, beautiful things in a church and to bring uh, that spiritual aspect uh, to it as well? I would say that the appreciation for beauty was very much from the ground up. Um, my mom always worked to make our home very beautiful with the, the paint colors that she chose and the artwork that she chose. And I, I just don't recall a time in my life where I couldn't appreciate a beautiful space. Um, as far as paintings that stood out to me in my childhood, I, I always loved Bougereau. I especially, I can't remember the name of it, but it's Mary holding the infant Jesus to her chest. Um, my mom still has that one hanging in her kitchen. I, it, the softness of her robes and the light and everything. I just, I remember looking at that and thinking to myself, if I ever become a painter, I want to be as good as that. And I have a little ways to go, but, uh, he's very much my inspiration. Well, that's, that's great. Well, and, uh, you know what, uh, if, if you still have a long ways to go, Tiana, then I, I don't even know what to say. I could barely draw a stick man. So <laughs> when I see stuff from you. Uh, it's it's just inspiring to me that uh, that's God's given you this gift. It's so good. Um, when you think of uh, of maybe saints or or other uh, uh, you know uh, religious uh, or people of, of that that are part of the church that have inspired you outside of your parents, and that's so great that that your parents inspired you. I think that's such a such a great thing. We talk about our domestic church and and how um, you know the family unit is so important. But was there any saints too when you were? when you were young and, and this talent was developing with you, that, that was inspirational to you? Mm, I've dreamed with so many saints now. 
Uh, as a child, I always loved St. Kateri. Uh, hmm. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce that. Um, was, I know exactly what you're talking I'm sure our audience yeah. does too. And I'm sure that was, that's the best uh, attempt as, uh, as any. So <laughs> She was always yeah, a favorite Great North of mine. American saint, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important for these days, especially mm-hmm. uh, as a child. It's hard to remember. I can tell you now who my favorites are, <laughs> who've inspired me. Um, I absolutely love St. Josephine Bakita. She's mm-hmm. she's definitely my favorite. I have my painting of her hanging right behind my computer here. Um, I just am so inspired by how she recognized in the beauty of the night sky that there must have been a creator she looked up at the stars and, and knew that there must have been someone who made them and that i think probably kept her going and helped her to recognize when she did encounter christ through the the Kenosian sisters she was able to accept him readily i think because of that groundwork that was laid through beauty um I love Saint Gianna because of her motherhood and and her selflessness and all the all the little ways that she served her family and her community. I can keep going. I, I can just tell you why I love every saint that I've ever painted. <laughs> well, there's so many that you, you've been you've been uh, doing here and painting lately, right? So Saint Bikitas, that's really interesting. I, I saw a, a documentary. Um, maybe it wasn't a documentary, but maybe actually a movie about uh, her life on EWTN and. Uh, and just like you said, it really goes to show that there's a there's a, a longing for God and for beauty in our hearts and souls, even if we're not baptized Catholics right now. I mean, that's such a blessing that you and I have been in the church since since we were before we could remember. But uh, it goes to show that um, that yeah, God's presence it's 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 everywhere, right? And and that desire and, and that longing in the human heart, uh, yeah, Saint Paquita, that's uh, Saint Josephine Paquita. It's a great uh, great story with her too. Um, I was telling you earlier too that um, I've got this um, this great picture. There's there's three three pictures. It's a, a print of Saint John Paul II, Padre Pio, Mother Teresa, all in one. So my wife said, "Make sure you tell Tiana that's uh, we got that from her back at the Family Life Conference." So I and we have that here in Alberta, just outside of Edmonton. Hopefully, when things uh, go back to uh, I, I hate saying when things go back to normal. I don't know what that even means, but hopefully you one day. Me. Oh yikes. Hopefully we can have a family life conference, a great kind of a sort of a semi outdoor event that we have in the Archdiocese of Edmonton every July long weekend. Uh, for obvious reasons, we haven't had it the last few years, but that's when we first encountered some of your uh, artwork and your your um, your paintings, which is uh, which was great. Yeah. So when did you you know you kind of get into to painting these um, the sacred art? You've got your website, but when did that that sort of feeling say, hey, I can I can maybe make make a living doing this i can i can get paid a wage to do this and and it's a vocation but it's something that i can actually dedicate more than a few hours of my week to i can do this more full-time when did that realization kind of kick in for you well it's funny you should bring up the family life conference because that's exactly where it started i had i don't even remember maybe like eight to a dozen paintings uh, one year. And I looked at them and thought, hey, maybe I should try selling these. I know they have tables at Family Life Conference. So I emailed the coordinator there and attached some photos and said, hey, like, could I get a table? Do you think it would be worth it? And she wrote back and said, absolutely. So I 
dove in head first. I didn't have a website at that time, a logo or anything. I, so I made all those things within a, a few months and made a bunch of prints, uh, rented a table and, and set up there. And the response was amazing. And I realized, Hey, maybe this is something that people would be interested in. And it just grew from there. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. So that was my birthday present. And I, I love, I love uh, religious art and I, I just, I get so much inspiration out of that. And it really, that reminder, if you have these, these, um, these pictures around your home or that's a statue or a painting, it's just a reminder for us that we need to live a life in a state of grace, right? Tiana, that we need to, to journey with God every day and to have these, uh, you know, such a, a great paintings of, of these saints that you've done and, and put up the prints in our house. Um, you know, just that, that inspiration and that reminder to follow the lives of the saints if we want to get to our, our ultimate goal, which is heaven, right? So I live in Fort Saskatchewan. We were real blessed. Is it, were you commissioned? I know this sounds like a real grand thing, but you were commissioned, I believe is the word, <laughs> to get us a, a painting, an original painting of Our Lady of the Angels. And uh, I'll make sure that we've got the the image on our uh, the Facebook page and Twitter for people to, to look at, especially since we have a lot of listeners from outside of our area here. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that particular painting, uh, how that sort of came about, uh, how you were, you were asked for by a parish to, to do this uh, on behalf of the parish and the people. And yeah, maybe tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind that, uh, that particular painting. Yeah. So Father Chris reached out to me and I've known him for quite some time. Like I mentioned before, he married my husband and I, yeah, that's and so good. My, he was my spiritual director for a while. Um, wonderful, wonderful priest. Uh, anyways, yeah, he, he sent me an email asking if I was available to do this painting. And fortunately at the time I was, um, and yeah, I went into it with not a clear idea necessarily of how it would turn out. I immediately thought of Bouguereau's painting, um, Our Lady of the Angels. I don't know if that's the exact title. Um, with all those angels surrounding her and she's in the middle dressed in dark robes. And I believe she's holding the infant Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful painting. And I knew I you know, wanted to strive to that level of quality, but didn't want to copy. So I... I had an image in my mind of what I wanted Mary's face to look like. I had a clear sense of what I wanted her eyes to be saying. And so that's the first thing I did is I, I just sat down with a piece of paper and I, I, I sketched out a face that, that I was seeing in my mind. And I looked for weeks um, online for, for stock images of, of those eyes basically. And uh, I think I was, doing a Google search actually of Jewish women. <laughs> and I happened to see a woman and I was like, oh, those are her eyes. So I, I brought that image into Photoshop and played around with it, changed her features until I had recreated that face that I had seen in my mind's eye. And from there, I started to build the rest of the image. So when I create a piece, I always create a, a reference image in Photoshop first. I am not good enough to just draw from my imagination and Interestingly, I have lots of experience taking photos and creating scenes in Photoshop for my years of doing graphic design. So I set up a green screen and my camera and dressed myself up as Mary. And I had happened to buy like five meters of this red fabric at Fabricland thinking maybe I'll have a use for it. And I 
ended up clipping it to different stands and like draping it out and kind of thought that looked cool. So I also made a costume for my angels and took photos of them holding the fabric and then brought all of those images into Photoshop and kind of rearranged them around Mary until I found a composition that I, that I really liked. Ran it past father, he liked it, had a few adjustments. And then once that was all finalized, I started painting. That's so interesting, Fabricland. I had to just chuckle a little bit about that. I think that was my mom's favorite store in the world, uh, and probably my sister's probably up there too. Yes, exactly. So, so just just so I'm clear on that, so you actually like you you designed um, a costume, and you actually tried it on yourself and took a picture, and that that was sort of how you that was sort of part of the uh, the process of of doing this painting. Yes, well, That's this was at the, like, the, at the top of COVID, so right. I, uh, I didn't have access to many models, and I usually model for my paintings anyways. <laughs> it's just easier. I'm sure your husband it. wasn't crazy about dressed up as an angel, is what you're saying, right? <laughs> no, I didn't make him dress up for St. Martin and St. Charles. So. Oh, that's interesting. That's good. He's a good sport, yeah. That's, yeah, absolutely. No, that's great interesting how you talk about the the blessed virgin mary and in the the uh, the painting people will see it when they see the image i i've, I've been so used to seeing the blessed virgin mostly as a in, a in in a statue right or you know certain pictures um but usually the the portrayal of mary at least in most statues that i've seen a lot of paintings is her as you know an adult i guess or you know somebody that's already you know that the age of perfection maybe is the best way to put it like the church tradition says she never really aged beyond 33. She didn't age at all because she was perfect without sin, right? But I never really imagined her as um, in, in that age of being about 14 is when she had, she was pregnant and had Jesus, right? So when I see this painting, that's why I love the most about it. It's a, it's such a, a beautiful and unique uh, perspective, I think, on the Blessed Virgin Mary. A, a young Jewish girl, a young teenager, is what I see in that painting. So I, that's why I, I just really, really appreciate that that painting a lot. And I appreciate you kind of sharing that inspiration behind it because I've never really seen Mary portrayed that way as that as a as a youth almost, right? Like as a teenager. Is this something that uh, that uh, have you been approached by others uh, like other parishes? I know that you have an, another project, uh, uh, the uh, the Black Saint Sacred Art Project that we'll we'll talk about here in a minute, but. Have other parishes also approached you about, um, you know, commissioning some work for their own parish individually? Yeah, I, I get requests quite frequently, usually from individuals, a lot of people who want to paint saints that are special to them, but mm -hmm. definitely some parishes um, right now, I'm not able to take any on because of the Black Saints project. So. Right. So yeah, so let's let's talk about that project. So this is this is pretty big, right? Like this is beyond, uh, beyond the borders of Alberta. This is uh, a part of uh, Ascension. And uh, so, so tell us how this project came about and, and uh, how long has it been in the, in the works for? Yeah, so uh, I guess that was a year ago now-ish. Um, someone reached out to me and said, hey, um, Ascension's looking for some artists. Can I get your contact info? And I had no idea what it was about, but a few weeks later, I got an email from uh, my project manager saying, hey, we have this idea for a project and we think you'd be the perfect fit for it. They had considered several artists for, for this project and 
um, they loved my first painting of, of St. Josephine Bequita. Um, they felt that that captured the spirit of, of the project. So yeah, the, the idea is to create sacred art of black saints, um, especially for the American church where there's a lot of woundedness going back a long ways. So we want to bring beauty and truth and goodness into the church uh, in a way that really welcomes and invites our Black brothers and sisters. Um, these are incredible holy people, obviously, yeah, St. Josephine Bequita, St. Martin de Porres, St. Charles Alanga. These are, these are such incredible role models for us. So to bring attention to these people in a way that will draw in even more people uh, who maybe at this time are feeling excluded, uh, it it just rang true to me. And uh, I, I've loved every minute of this project. That's so good. So you mentioned three saints there, but St. Saint, uh, Saint she was, you had already painted her before Ascension approached you, right? So that wasn't officially a part of the project or? No, that was a personal piece, actually. Right. I, uh, I had only learned about her um, like two years ago, I guess. Um, I heard about her in a podcast and... I thought her story was fascinating. So read a bit more about her and just ah, so inspired. So I I had the idea for the painting and when I had a bit of a break between um, uh, my painting Star of the Sea, I believe, and Our Lady of the Angels actually, if I have that timeline correct, um, I had like three weeks. So I, I squeezed it in there and it's probably still my favorite painting. Oh, that's so interesting. It seems like the, the, the timing all worked out perfectly, right? And then just getting forced <laughs> by Ascension. That, that's so good. You mentioned St. Martin de Porres, one of my favorites. And man, he's got some incredible stories uh, around his life and, and miracles and, and just a, an amazing life. And think of the, the humble beginnings of St. Martin de Porres, right? Like, mm -hmm. like very humble and, yeah. uh, and, and becoming a great saint in the church. So how many... Um, how many uh, paintings are you kind of commissioned to do through Ascension in, in this uh, this particular project? Is it is it just a handful or is it kind of over a certain amount of time or how does that all work? Well, so we're starting with four paintings um, just to kind of kick off the project. And then after that, I'm on retainer for, for more. Um, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Oh, that's great. And how's the reception been? Has it been real positive, especially in the United States? Or have you seen interest uh, from Canada and other countries as well? Oh, yeah. Lots of people are... I'm very excited every time I, I share the new the new painting. I, I also share my progress and I've had lots of people following along with that on social media. Yeah, people are excited and a little disappointed that they're not available for this Christmas. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, it's a, it's never uh, too early to plan for next Christmas even too, right? So that's, that's good. <laughs> exactly. And it's interesting how you learned about St. Paquita through a podcast. So hopefully people are going to learn about St. Paquita and uh, it, pe it piques your interest in other saints. That's what I... That's kind of one of the goals of this podcast. Uh, that's why we, we bring so many of them up is just to pique people's interest so that they can look into them a little bit more and uh, provide that example for us as we take this uh, this uh, long and uh, a very trying road sometimes to eternal life. But uh, those saints, they're, they're there to help us, right? So um, sacred art itself, uh, why is it important for us today? Um, yeah, why is it important for the church to to uh, to zero in on the things that are that are holy and beautiful and sacred. So I've obviously thought a lot about this question, and in many ways, I feel like God is leading me through the dark on this. I don't fully understand how sacred art is important. I just know that it is, 
because beauty is important, just as truth and goodness are important. I think there are many, many different ways that art, especially sacred art, can lead us to God. Some of it is very straightforward, like you just mentioned. Someone might see a painting of a saint and wonder, who is this lady? Why is she holding a chain? Why is it crumbling, right? And, and then look more into St. Josephine Bikita and, and learn about her and fall in love with her. And I have had people message me and say that's exactly what's happened through encountering my art. And I think that's amazing. But I think on a deeper level, and this is something that I experience all the time, is when we sit before beauty, it, it calls us into a, almost like a different state where you just sit and you just are. And it's a, it's a kind of state of worship of God, right? Because he is the source of all, all beauty. And when we can sit before a piece and just look, look at the colors and look at the, the, the way the light is shining off the figure and all the little details, you can just enter into it and just be there in that moment. And if your heart is open to it, that can lift you into praise. We can come to know God in a, in a new and deeper way through art and through beauty. I'm, I'm guessing that when you're doing your paintings, you're not listening to rock music or any kind of, <laughs> or have the TV on in the background. You mentioned silence and sacred silence, talking about sacred art, talking about sacred silence, but how much does silence, um, and maybe I'm assuming now, but uh, I, I am assuming you're not listening to music in the background, but uh, how much does silence, though, does that inspire you personally and, and in your spiritual walk with, uh, you know, with especially with, with the art that you're, that you're doing? Mm-hmm. I do confess I listen to a lot of podcasts, especially while I'm painting, <laughs> but yes, silence is very important. One of my favorite things right now. Um, I'm very blessed to have a, a key to our parish here so I can just go sit before the tabernacle and, and just be in silence. Um, it, it fills me up so much. And yes, often when I'm painting, I do like to just be in silence and it, it gives me this space to, to process a lot of the ways that God is working in my heart to think through a lot of things and offer it back to him. Because, yeah, we're, we live in a very noisy culture. It's very easy to, to fill that silence. I think that uh, that images are so important. You know, when, back to when I was a child, um, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My parents, they, uh, they taught me off the Baltimore Catechism. And one of the things about the Baltimore Catechism, it has a lot of pictures and images in there, right? A lot of illustrations, I guess, is maybe the best way to put it. And some of those illustrations, uh, when I think about... Uh, you know, the sacraments, or I think about uh, the road to eternal life. It's those pictures and those images that still stick with me. When I think about that, mm-hmm. the first thing it kind of, you know, just kind of flashes in your mind. That's, that's what sticks with me. So, uh, you know, so interesting to, to, um, yeah, just to, to, um, to connect images to uh, your spiritual walk and your faith as well. Right. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, going to the tabernacle and, and, and to be uh, in the presence of Jesus Christ, um, I just think that's uh, that's beautiful and so important for us. So mm-hmm. what I, I like to ask our guests when they come on is, um, you know, what, what is what are some of the things that you do to live a sacramental life, Tiana, for yourself and with your family? But, uh, you know, maybe what are some of the rules in life that you do 
uh, every day to, um, yeah, to just to keep living in a state of grace and to walking with the Lord and, and how to live a sacramental life. Pray always. <laughs> uh, obviously, formal personal prayer is, is crucial. I have a subscription to the Magnificat and I, I love it. I'll have that probably for the rest of my life um, just to sit with the scriptures every day and, and allow God to speak to me through that way. Um, but I'm also obviously a mom <laughs> and a wife and a business owner and an artist. <laughs> so I'm very busy. So I've had to turn the whole of my life into a prayer. I, growing up, my parents like to talk about the duty of the moment, which is from Catherine Doherty, who I've also painted, which is essentially looking around at your life and seeing what needs to be done in that moment and recognizing that that is God's will for you. And when you approach that with, with love and obedience, he makes it holy. So whether I'm doing the dishes, whether I'm painting, or whether I'm actually sitting in prayer, everything is an act of love to God um, through my family, right? Um, we obviously pray grace as a family. We like to pray the rosary together as a couple, as we can actually right now, we're doing um, the consecration to St. Joseph by uh, Father John Calloway. Um, we have a, a wonderful group of friends, um, we get together with weekly if we can to pray the rosary um, they've become an amazing faith community for us um, we talk probably every day as well just encouraging each other challenging each other um, I recommend for everyone to build that kind of community around yourselves because yeah, they'll keep you on the straight and narrow that's for sure <laughs> um, yeah we, we we just try to work prayer into our life very naturally, like there's, there's many opportunities to pray if you're going through a hard time, um, just to be together and, and to pray. And if there's a particular struggle at a time, I love different novenas or consecrations. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I'm glad you mentioned even just, um, you know, as, as married couples and families that, uh, there's strength in numbers. And I've just found throughout this, uh, this crazy time of the virus, uh, you know, a lot of people are so isolated and they yeah. feel isolated and uh, especially Catholics that we, um, and that's, this is where the evil one comes to, comes, comes for us is when we're in isolation and we feel like we're alone, but uh, you know, through community and of course, through the power of, of Jesus and the cross, um, we're never alone for sure. So uh, some, some great advice there and great insights, Tiana, for sure. Uh I've been so thankful that you, you've taken time. I know we've been trying to track each other down for a long time and we're both, uh, obviously we got families and, and uh, work that we need to, to consider too, but uh, I'm really thankful that you had to take some time to, to join us on the podcast and to share your ministry with us. So um, maybe tell our listeners how uh, they can get a hold of you through your website or through some other uh, platforms as well. Yeah, so my website is uh, sacredartbytiana.com. Tiana is spelled T-I-A-N-N-A, two N's, very important. Uh, on social media, um, pretty much all the platforms is at sacredartbytiana. Well, that sounds great. And, and we'll make sure that uh, we get that in the show notes as well for people to uh, to refer back to and follow you on uh, on Facebook as well, right, Tiana? Because you, you post uh, uh, your projects regularly. Uh, and uh, it's it's kind of cool to see how you you update uh, how you're you're progressing with your 
your latest project and uh, it's it's really a great follow on Facebook as well so uh, so yeah so thanks so much for for joining us and, and God bless you and your work and I hope that we can we can stay in touch yes for sure thanks for having me on well again a big thank you to Tiana Williams for joining us on this episode of the podcast and again her website is sacredartbytiana.com and Tiana is spelled with two N's and I encourage you to order a print frame it and put it up in your house or your office. Hey, put it up in your office. It's a conversation starter. I guarantee you that. And again, we have, um, uh, I guess it'd be three saints all in one uh, print that we purchased from Tiana several years ago. We framed it. It's of Padre Pio, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa and uh, our, our modern saints uh, from the 20th century. And uh, we have that in a prominent place in our house. And just a reminder to, uh, that yeah, we're on this this journey to holiness. We're on this journey to heaven, and we have so many great examples that have gone before us. So talk about beauty and the desire for the sacred in your diocese. You know, beautiful architecture and art are pillars of the greatness of Christendom. And for our future generations, we must never let that sense of sacred and beauty pass us by. And uh, I got this uh, passage from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, reference number 2513. And I wanted to read it to you. It goes like this. The fine arts, but above all sacred art of their nature are directed toward expressing in some way the infinite beauty of God in works made by human hands. Their dedication to the increase of God's praise and of his glory is more complete. The more exclusively they are devoted to turning men's minds devoutly toward God. And I thought that was real fitting after having our conversation with Tiana. So again, that was from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2513. And as St. Paul says in the first letter of Corinthians, it says, he says, no one, he says, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Well, thank you for listening to the Catholic Connect podcast, my friends. We are 50 episodes deep into this journey, and we are just warming up. I want to say a profound thank you to all our guests that have appeared on this podcast since day one back in 2020. I'm so humbled that you took the time to have a conversation with me and share your time, your insights, and your faith with all of us. And my biggest thank you is to you who are listening to this right now. I'm overwhelmed with gratitude that you take the time to listen to this podcast and that you've taken this journey with me, this journey towards eternal life. I know the narrow road is difficult and it's a, a real difficult one to stare down, especially when you look around and you feel like you're all by yourself. Well, I'll tell you something right now. You are not alone at all. And I assure you there are many people on this journey. So let's bear one another's burdens and pray for each other that the world will look at us and say, Look at those Christians. Look how much they love each other. And remember to radically transform this world and have the courage to encounter the forces of evil in this world. We have to be in a state of grace. And you know what you got to do to live in a state of grace? You got to live a sacramental life all the time, every day. And you got to go to confession at least three times every year, every Advent, every Lent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. We'll talk to you very soon.